welcome to Nitty Gritty Reviews, the movie review podcast that uses a unique grid rating system to discuss a movie's weaknesses and celebrate its strengths. I'm Rachel, and my co-host for this mini-episode is Tristan. Hey, everyone. So today we're going to be picking apart the editing and special effects category of the grid by defining each of the five subcategories and giving some examples of movies we would award high scores to. Be sure to keep an eye out in the coming weeks for more mini episodes talking about each of the 10 categories of the grid. And we'll also have one mini episode summing up phases one and two of the Marvel Monday series for the official launch of season two of Nitty Gritty Reviews on Monday, January 7th. And that's going to be with uh, the first Marvel Monday of Season 2, Captain America Civil War, with uh, guests, of course, Tristan will be there with me, as he always is for Marvel Monday, and M and Brian will both be, be there also. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now with that housekeeping out of the way, is there anything you would like to uh, say real quick about uh, editing and special effects before we dive on in? Um, this category overall was pretty easy for me to think of something for most of them. There's one or two subcategories that took me a while, and the bad example was instant, as those right. tend to be, it seems. See, I have a harder time with the bad examples, but this one was surprisingly easier than most for me, uh, particularly because I tend to have a harder time talking about editing special effects. I'm like, hey, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, you definitely know, yeah. uh, which is probably why it was so easy for both of us to come up with the bad examples. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited about my picks. Full disclosure, I did come up with my answers like a week ago, so I'm hoping I remember <laughs> why I picked them all, but I think I do. All right, so that said, should we dive on in? Let's dive in. <laughs> all right. That was a dramatic pause. That was a dramatic pause. Uh, so I think we'll do the same thing we've been doing for some of these, because the, the first category is overall editing, which is defined by how well do the below categories work together. So let's go ahead and work our way from the bottom going up um, to help that category make a little bit more sense in the grand scheme of things, if that works for you. Yeah, I like that. All right. So then starting from the bottom and working our way up, that's going to start us with special effects. This one is pretty easy to define. I have it as, uh, are the special effects practical or digital appropriate for the time and the story being told? And if there are no special effects, would special effects aid the story overall? How many times can I fit the phrase special effects in that <laughs> definition? <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a pretty easy one. I don't really think it even needs much of a definition. Um, I think the biggest thing to remember is that this can work for practical or digital effects, even though this is within the editing category, which primarily deals with post-production type things, which would be the more digital effects. Um, and then also to remember that if there aren't any special effects, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing. It could be a movie that by its nature just does not need any special effects right. and, and any kind of special effects would hinder the story. So just some general things to think about. That said, what was your pick for something that would get a high score, ideally a perfect 10, for special effects? So I thought of two. The first one, I'm pretty sure is on your list because you've talked about it before. And that is The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That did not make my list this time, which I thought it was going to. I know I mentioned it last week with the or yeah. last episode yeah it's a uh, it's a good movie and it's a really neat story and it has a lot of special effects and they're all practical effects yes 
Which is why it has aged so well. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And all the special effects make sense. It's not like they're just trying to, like, look what we can do or anything like that. It's not like someone that, you know, just got out of art school and they want to, or film school and they want to use all their, all the techniques that they know. Everything really makes sense and right. looks really good still. Absolutely. So my pick is a little bit more on the conventional side. I definitely, uh, I definitely considered putting, Eternal Sunshine. I honestly don't remember if I'm saving that for something else, because <laughs> um, I know I've mentioned it uh, for the for the question of the week last episode. I don't remember what I'm saving it for. I guess, I guess we'll find out in episodes to come. But my pick for special effects was The Matrix, largely because that's a good one. Um, I mean, the special effects were so revolutionary at the time, and they just. They, they, it's been a long time since I've watched that movie. It is coming up as a season two review because it's got a 20th anniversary coming up. Um, so hopefully this, this statement is going to hold up after I watch it again. But I think <laughs> the special effects, surprisingly, hold up pretty well. Yeah. And, and they were just so revolutionary. And I mean, it, you know, there's like bullet time is now a phrase that you just see in screenplays. Oh, yeah. And just, just hear people talk like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You saw it in bullet time. That was completely the Wachowski's invention with that screenplay. Like they just, like it wasn't just the the special effects themselves. It was this whole new style of telling a story and it worked so well with that movie and changed cinema forever, especially action movies. It just did a lot that was, was very, very different and that still holds up, I think. <laughs> Hopefully that's true. Um, so that was why I picked The Matrix. That's a good choice. Thank you. All right, so that's going to bring us to the next subcategory, which is going to be continuity and pace, uh, not to be confused with the pace category in writing, which strictly deals with the screenplay. Um, but this category is defined as are there any continuity or pace issues created by the editing as opposed to the writing? Um, what was what was your pick for continuity and pace for something that would get a high score? Uh, well, I just thought of something, so I'm still mulling it over in my head, making my final choice. So why don't you tell yours first? So for my pick for continuity and pace, I went with a TV show on this one. And and the pace is definitely excellent in this show, um, but I, I picked it more so for the continuity, and that is community. Yep. There are so many things in that show that's just like in the background and you see it from episode to episode. And I realize a large part of that is more so like the aesthetics. It's like the set designer oh, and yeah. the director making sure that those things keep showing up. But I, I still consider that as part of the editing as well. Cause you know, you get a slightly different angle or, you know, use one cut less that or one angle less than another. And you're going to get less of that. And like, I feel like that the editing is very well pieced together where you see these things in the background and just enough that it's not distracting and it, it adds to the stories like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. Or, you know, why is that like that? Oh, yeah. You know, just little things here and there, which I just really appreciate. Um, so I picked I picked community. I do think, well, I'll wait till you give yours, because I think there is a better choice out there. But I used it already. But it's along the same lines. Okay, interesting. So community was on my list of uh, candidates, hopefuls, I guess you could call them. I think I'm going to go with... The original Star Wars movie. All right. Um, I don't know much about continuity, but the pace. 
Uh, so one of the one of the examples that comes to my mind is Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, just standing, like staring off into the distance, and it zoom or it cuts to a, a widescreen thing, and or or it cuts to a, a larger view of the landscape, and it, it will hold that for like five or ten seconds, and it does things like that multiple times throughout the movie, and I know that's the director and all that, but I think that the the editing and the the pacing of it is different enough. And it's done very well. Absolutely. Good pick. What was your uh, other my other My other one was 30 Rock, which I think does okay. does a little bit of a, not necessarily a better job, but does more of it than Community yeah. as far as like these running jokes. And like there's one episode where, I don't know if it's Liz or Jenna, but somebody throws something at a sign and it like breaks in Liz's yeah. office. And then for like the rest of the series, she has a crooked sign. Yep. Just little things like that. And it was just like a cutaway joke. It wasn't even like a main plot point or anything. It was just this cutaway joke. And then yeah, she has this broken side, like just the little things like that. But constantly in every episode, there's something. Yep. I just love it. So one of the other candidates was BoJack Horseman, which does the same thing a lot. Probably more yeah. than any other show I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the, they live in Hollywood and there's the Hollywood sign. And then <laughs> I think it's like the first or second episode Someone, or they end up stealing the the D at the end of the sign, so it just says Hollywoo, and for the rest of the the series so far at least, it's the Hollywoo sign, and everyone <laughs> just calls it Hollywoo now. Yeah. <laughs> and they've even changed the opening a few times. Like um, they show his bed in the opening, um, but then in one of the episodes, one of the legs breaks, and so he props it up with like a cinder block and some books or something, and that's how it is in the opening from then on. Yeah. There's all kinds of really subtle little things like that. Yeah, that is a great show. For many reasons, and that's one of them. Yes, yeah. All right, good picks. Uh, Anything else you want to add for continuity and pace before we move up to movement? I think that was the toughest one for me because that's one where if you notice it, it's probably bad. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the biggest one. I mean, this whole category is kind of like that, but continuity and pace for sure. It's like if they do their job well you don't notice it at all. So it's hard right. to say, like, this was perfect. And especially, like, with Pace, like, if you don't know what they started off with, it's hard to say. That's true, Like, yeah. it, it, editing is so hard because I feel like you need to see what they started off with and be like, oh, man, they did such a good job. But it's hard when it's the final product because, like, how much of that was in the script? How much of that was the director? How right. much of that was X, Y, and Z? Um so I'm still trying to train my eye and do some... I just bought a book recently about film uh, film editing theory or something like that. I need to read it and get some more yeah. knowledge. Because, yeah, this is... Even though I've worked as an editor, this is the hardest category, I think, for me to analyze. Because I don't know what they started off with. Yeah. So that's my take. Um, all right. So then moving on up to movement. This one is another one that's pretty easy to define, although I think it's easiest to define for action movies, things that have a lot of fight yeah. scenes, a lot of that kind of movement. Um, so in my definition, I made sure to to specify that it's any type of movement. So it's just, does the movement appear fluid despite cuts? This can include action fight scenes or simple movements like walking across a room or eating, any kind of movement. Um, just does it look fluid? So that said, what was your pick for a movie that does movement editing well? Let's see if I can phrase that more awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for this one, I chose Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I haven't seen in a long Solid. time. 
Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, but I really like that. Not just the fight scenes, which were really good, um, but the whole movie just seemed very... Uh, I just vaguely remember that it had like a, a kind of a natural good movement. Fluid <laughs> movement. I think um, fluid is the best way to describe yeah. that movie. Yeah. Yeah, but... Um, so even outside the fight scenes, there was that. But the action scenes and the fight scenes definitely did that. And that's a big pet peeve of mine, that a lot of action movies will have fight scenes where it's just editing. There's yeah. no skill whatsoever. You don't see anything. You see, like, a half second of someone throwing a punch. You see a yeah. half second of someone's foot hitting someone. You see a half second of this, a half second of that. Flashing lights, crazy angles. Like, there's, there's nothing there. Right. Um, and so many movies do that. Mm -hmm. It's it's rare to see more than one or one and a half seconds without a cut in a fight scene. Uh, at yeah. least the ones I watch. Um, and when it when that happens, it definitely stands out to me. Yeah. And this is one of those movies where there's fight scenes that go several seconds, possibly even minutes, without a cut. Yeah. Because they know what they're doing, and it definitely shows. Right. Solid pick. I like it. So I picked Baby Driver. I, I was thinking of that one too. <laughs> I just think that movie, because I'm not a big fan of action movies in general, and I'm especially not a big fan of like heist type or like, you know, anything with cars. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. So I resist it. Like I didn't see it in theaters and I wait and then it was like award season rolled around and it's like, oh, this is actually getting like award buzz for like editing and sound design, I think. Yeah, I can see um, that. And I was like, okay, especially because like I was saying, I'm trying to train my eye to, to better recognize what good editing means. So I was like, okay, I'm going to definitely pay attention to things nominated, even, I mean, that's not the be all end all of quality, certainly, but a good place to start. Yeah. Um, so then, so I watched it specifically to pay attention to the editing, and then I was like, "This movie's fantastic! It's so much fun! It's just, it's just fun!" And so much of it is the editing, and the which is, of right. course, I mean, it was directed to be edited that way. Like everything is very intentional. Um, it was just filmed with intent. I think is the best way to describe it. But the just the editing, where everything is, you know, cut to a beat and it's synchronized. And it's just, it's fast paced, but it's not what you were talking about where it's just like, you know, you see someone's elbow get thrown to the camera and then you see someone fall to the ground and everything's right. a quarter of a second. And it's like they trick you into to feeling like it's high octane. Action. Exactly. And that's not what, that's not what Baby Driver does. It's just fun editing. I don't yeah, know. So that's, that's a really good one. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that was my pick easily. Uh, anything else you want to add for movement before we move to storytelling? Both good picks. I agree. All right. So that's going to bring us to storytelling. And this one is defined as do the editing and or special effects help to tell the story? I don't feel like there's too much. It's, it's one that's, <laughs> that's pretty easy to define, but I feel like it's a little bit harder, um, kind of along the same lines as continuity and pace to, yeah. to come up with an example. Um but that said, what what did you come up with for your answer? I picked a TV show. Okay. Uh, mostly for the editing, but also the special effects when they're there. Uh, I chose It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's a good one. Um, if you want to see Smash Cuts and I you want to talk about Smash Cuts, cuts <laughs> watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's yeah. several of them per episode. It's one of those shows where, like, 
you know it's going to happen, but it's still rewarding. Yeah. And it's still fun. And it tells the story. Um, but the special effects are practical, I guess. I don't even really know if they're special effects, but it'll be someone just like with crazy over the top makeup. Yeah. Or crazy costumes, things like that. But it's always there for a reason and always tells the story. It always highlights how far they take things and how ridiculous their lives are. Um, so, yeah, the editing and special effects definitely help tell the story, uh, which I think you need every trick that you can because these are horrible people. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm, I think that, like, the camera work and the editing and all these things really kind of help make it a little more palatable. Fair enough. I like it. So I went with, I almost didn't pick this one because it's a fairly new movie and I don't want any spoilers, although I feel like if you haven't seen this movie yet, you probably don't want to. Um, but I picked Arrival. Oh, yeah. I feel like based on that reaction, I don't need to explain too much. Um, yeah, I that's really, a really good one. I really hate spoilers. And it's for older things. I'm like, oh, it's 20 years old. I don't care. But this is only a couple years old. So, so I don't want to give any spoilers just in case somebody hasn't watched it yet. Um, but I think that the editing is uh, just plays a really interesting role in the story. That is an excellent choice. Yes, I 100% agree. Thank you. <laughs> Can I change my choice to also be a rival? No, your choice is good, too. Uh, All right. Uh, anything you want to add for storytelling before we move on to overall editing? I wish I chose a rival. <laughs> that is all. All right. Uh, so that brings us to overall editing. How well do the below categories work together? What was your pick? So this one, I might regret picking it because it could also score very highly for the sound categories. Yeah. Um, but I chose Dunkirk. That's solid. It has uh, several different threads kind of going on and it jumps back and forth, but not really in like a jarring way. Uh, yeah. There's also a lot of like long shots and like mm -hmm. long time between cuts. Um, and that's done in a really good, really suspenseful way. Uh, just everything about that movie was, yeah. was very well. It's, it's a very, very well done movie. Very well crafted. Absolutely. And I think that the editing plays a huge role in it. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, it's it's obviously a shoe in for all of the sound categories. Um, yeah. I think that's that's all the more reason to pick it for editing because people automatically think Dunkirk and they think the soundtrack and the silence and right. all that. Um, but absolutely, the, the editing plays a huge part in all of that. Good pick. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed about my <laughs> pick. <laughs> We're like on polar opposites of the like cinematic scale. You picked like the ultimate cinephile film snob pick. And you chose Shallow Hal, which is a fine movie. That's a really good movie. Don't diss Shallow Hal. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, okay. I I did pick a silly comedy though. And it's a silly comedy that I don't even think that many people have heard of, which makes it even more of a weird thing to pick. I and it's also not even technically a movie. It was a miniseries. <laughs> All right, get to it. Get to it. <laughs> I picked The Spoils of Babylon. Uh, I was wondering when that would show up. Yeah. I should have picked it for so many other things, too. It's so good. It's it's a miniseries. It's got Kristen Wiig. It's got Tobey Maguire. It's got Haley Joel Osment. It's like an IFC channel miniseries. Oh, Will, Will Ferrell is in it. Yeah. 
um, and it's fantastic. But it's it's one of those things, one of, one of those uh, stories that's just so silly. It's I mean it's a parody of like seventies miniseries, so it's so over the top with the yeah. humor and so silly and goofy, but it is also so smart in the way it tells. Like there's. There's not a joke in the whole movie. It's not like these characters are saying jokes. That's like, oh, that was a funny thing they just said. It's it's all about like making fun of tropes and just exaggerating things and like right. the, the way things are said, not what things are said. And then the editing, like so many jokes in that in that show come from the way things are edited together. There's things like every single establishing shot is very blatantly a model things like that like just right but like you know like it's not like in a charming like oh this is what they were going for it's like a storybook it's like no it's supposed to look like they were trying to make it look real and failed but that's the joke it's like when like a famous actor has to pretend to be a bad actor which they do a lot of that in this too yeah exactly there's a lot of stuff like that that's Mm -hmm. a good choice and, and yeah, and just story, like, there's one scene that's a joke where, like, clearly these people having a conversation were not in the same room when they were filming. You know, I mean, they, they probably were, but, like, the way it, like, they're making fun of when people do right. that in movies, so it's, like, and just the way it's edited is exaggerating the fact that they are blatantly not in the same room. Yeah. And it's just, man, the way it is edited is just so, it's such a specific sense of humor, and it's very... Um, anybody who loves film should see it because it's just the way it makes fun of certain tropes and certain genres is so specific and it's brilliant and I love it and I've gone on for too long about it but I (laughs) I know a lot of people haven't seen it or even heard of it and so I feel like it's my mission in life to be like just just watch it everybody go out and watch it it's really short it's a mini series but it's like an hour and a half total when you watch them all together like it's really short Um, there was a sequel to, uh, the spoils before dying. It's still good, but it's not as good. So keep that in mind. But anyway, that's my plug for the day. Um, anything else you would like to add for uh, either overall editing or I guess any of these uh, categories we've talked about before we get into the bad example? Um, yeah, I wanted to add one more thing for Star Wars, and that's the side swipes <laughs> yeah. and all, all the things like that. For some yeah. for some reason, it just works. I think for it, me, I think it works because it was like I think it was acceptable in the late seventies, early eighties to do things like that, and then it's like over time, like after like yeah. New Hollywood, which was like the seventies, basically, it's like when that era ended. Then it was like, oh, we don't really do that anymore. And we just don't do it. Like, it's stuck and we don't do that anymore. But the new Star Wars movies can still do it because, like, it's... I love it. Normally, anyone who's listened has probably heard me rant about sideswives, particularly in Marvel movies. But... It's it's just... It gives it that Star Wars feel. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no. I think that's about it. Did you want to talk about the spoils of Babylon a little more? I mean, always, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's going to bring us to the bad example. (laughs) Why don't you go first? All right, so basically it's almost every action movie. Yeah. But I chose a specific scene. That's (laughs) Liam Neeson jumping (laughs) over a fence. I have that too. (laughs) It's like 12 cuts. Yeah. And it's like... Just a couple seconds. 
Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Also, it's a fence. It's not that hard to jump over. I could do it, and I'm in yeah. my mid-30s and haven't <laughs> jumped over a fence well, I, in a while. Um, also, I think there's like a stack of crates next to it, so he's only jumping over a fence that's like waist high. Yeah, it's it, really it's, bad. It's the worst. It's awful. <laughs> Is that your only example? That's the only one I wrote down. All right. That was instantly, before I filled out anything else, I yep. literally thought I wrote down Liam Neeson jumping over a fence, but I knew yep. you would I knew you would come up with that also, or at least I had a big hunch. Um, but I did. It's funny because you mentioned this in the last episode and then instantly regretted it because you're like, I should have saved it for editing. I was like, nah, don't mm. worry. Don't worry about it. I've got you covered. Okay. Uh, the X-Files season 11. Oh, Yeah. The camera movement and stuff was pretty bad, but I had the whole the whole episode was like watching Liam Neeson jumping over a fence That's for true. forty-two minutes. Yeah, I remember there was a scene where Mulder like walks down a slight a, not even a hill, yeah. like a slight slope in someone's it was like backyard. A, it was a driveway, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Something like that. And they they cut like five times. Like he's, he takes it a was... step and then he just like cuts to five feet in front of it and then he takes two steps and then cuts to six feet in front of him and Yeah. It was ugh. And then there was a conversation where it was just, like, three people talking. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, you never saw all three people at once. It was just, like, extreme close-up, slightly less extreme close-up, move over to this person. Now this person's talking. Now we're going to look at this person's reaction while this person's talking. And I'm like, what is happening? It was... It was awful. Uh, there were a few good things that happened in season 11. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and say it should have never been made or whatever, but at least that episode should have never been made. Yeah, that was... The worst X Files episode. Mm hmm. I'm pretty sure. By a long shot. Yeah. Um, so that was easily, I guess, technically my second pick because I also picked Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. But. Yeah, you uh, should look it up on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Uh huh. Just type in Liam Neeson jump or Liam Neeson fence and it will like auto fill in the rest. Yeah. It's bad. It's hilarious, but also bad. And I do not want to watch whatever movie that came from. I don't even know. I think it's Taken 3. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, it's got to be one of the Taken movies. But it, it, like, someone decided to do that. So either the original material that they had was so terrible that this is the best they could do, which at that point just cut it out of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, have him go around the fence or something. Like, maybe there's a gate next to it. Like, just reshoot that scene if you have to. Or just do it Buffy style. Just show show him on one side of the fence, oh, cut to the land. other side of the fence, show him land. Yeah. He, or I guess Jessica Jones style is a more updated reference for you uh, youngsters out there. Either one works. Yeah. Like, someone decided to do this. Someone took the time and effort and yeah. was paid to do this yeah and then other people watched it and no one like said no cut that that's right. terrible <sighs> yeah well we're in agreement. it sounds like um all right uh, anything else you want to add before we get into the question of the week or question i keep calling a question of the week and there's two episodes every week so question of the episode yeah oh man just mentioning x-files in that episode it just, it just ruins another day Aww. That's three days that have been ruins. I had to watch it, mentioned it last time, mentioned it this time. Three days of my life I'll never get back because of that <laughs> episode. 
I'm sorry. All right, well, that's going to bring us to the question of the episode. And I will admit, I did not post this one on social media. I've gotten pretty lax, mostly because these questions are a little uninspired. The first few episodes had some pretty good questions, and now they're not that great. Um, but if you're listening and you have an answer that comes to mind, please be sure to share it with us. You can find us on social media at Gritty Films, G-R-I-D-D-Y Films. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can uh, tag us in a tweet or whatever. I don't know the terminology, but you know how to, you know how to use it. Um, or you can email us at uh, grittyfilms at gmail.com. Um, just send us your answers and we'll read it next time because uh, I would love to know what other people think. I just uh, got lazy and did not post it on social media, which was my bad. Yeah. Anyway, all of that said, the question of this week is, what is the best transition or montage you have ever seen? I guess I'm asking you first. What oh. was your answer? I thought we were going to wait for the callers or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if this is like the, the most, uh, well, I know it's not like the, the best done uh, or I don't know, the best in a lot of ways, I'm sure. But I chose it anyway. I don't know why I started with that sentence. But anyway, this one blew my mind when I saw it. I was just a dumb kid, um, but it really blew my mind. And I think it... Uh, it's appropriate for this story that it's telling, and it's a great way to start the movie. And that's the transition in Beetlejuice, where it starts with like a scale model of the town. Or oh, no, it yeah. starts with like an actual overhead footage of the town. Yeah. And then it transitions into the scale model of the town. Yeah. Um, but that just like blew my mind as a child. And I think it's a really neat way to start the movie. Uh, especially because then you see the the mansion and then like this giant spider crawls around the edge. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's good storytelling, good movement, good special effects, good enough for the time and kids, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's why I chose it. What did you choose? I picked an example from a TV show again. Um, so I guess uh, if you're really behind the times and haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, minor spoiler alert for a season seven episode. Um, but there is an episode in season seven. It is a, a an Anya-centric episode. She's one of my favorite characters. And it's kind of like, a, it's not really a flashback episode, but like you see her, at diff- I mean, I guess it is kind of a flashback episode. Uh, you yeah. see her in different parts of her life, like leading up to where she is in that episode. And it's brilliant it's probably my favorite episode of Buffy um which is weird because that's one of my least favorite seasons overall um although it's fine it's a good finale and all that but um but yeah so there's a a cut where she it flashes by there's of course a musical episode of Buffy I feel like most people know that even if you haven't seen it (laughs) so it flashes back to like to the musical episode and it's like her singing a song about how happy she is and where she's at in her life. And it's not a scene that was actually in the episode. It's like an added scene. Right. And then right towards the end of the song, when she's like at her happiest, it smash cuts to her and something dramatic happens. I'm, I'm so re- I was just like, eh, I don't care about spoilers. I'm not going to say it, but something dramatic happens that like snaps her out of the memory or whatever. And it's a fantastic smash cut. I, smash cuts can easily be used they can easily be used badly and they can easily I don't know about easily they're often used for comedic effect like with it's always sunny and I feel like a, a well-crafted dramatic smash cut is really hard to pull off and when it works it is just about my favorite thing all right so that was my answer 
Um, so I guess that is about going to wrap everything up. Was there anything, uh, I keep asking and you, you almost never do. Is there anything you, you want to add before we wrap it up? Mm, no. All right. Uh, so that is going to conclude this mini episode. Uh, so I'm going to play us out with some Aquabats. If you're wondering why I picked this song for this week, it is super rad by the Aquabats because I recently babysat my niece and I was wearing an Aquabats shirt and she was asking me all these questions about who they were. And so I was like, let's listen to some of their music. Um, she didn't really stay entertained with it for very long, but regardless, uh, that is why I picked this song for this episode. With that said, thanks so much for listening to this mini nitty gritty review episode. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. We'll be posting another two mini episodes next week, uh, so be sure to keep an eye out for that. And uh, season two launches with all new full episodes on January 9th. If you liked what you heard in this episode, be sure to contribute to the conversation. Like I said earlier, Gritty Films can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the handle at Gritty Films, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y Films. You can also email us at grittyfilms at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what movies would get perfect tens for you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Patriots and matriarchs taking up the promised 